بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ریڈیو رمضان 87.7 FM سے ریفلیکشنز پروگرام لیے میں ہوں آپ کا مذبان زبیر اکرم اور حسب معمول میرے مہمان ہیں شیخ رضوان محمد آج گلاسکو میں 20 رمضان المبارک جمعہ کا روز 22 اپریل 2022 مغرب کا وقت آج افطار کا وقت ہے 8 بچ کے 44 منٹ 8.44 is افطار today you are tuned into reflections at radio ramadan 87.7 with your host zubair akram with me as always i have sheikh rizwan uh, commenting on surah room 30th surah of quran uh, after uh, this recitation inshallah we'll go to sheikh rizwan for the commentary of these ayahs In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. قُلْ سِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَانْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِ كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُشْرِكِينَ Say, O Muhammad, travel through the land and observe how was the end of those before. Most of them were associators of others with Allah. فَأَقِمْ وَجَهَكَ لِلدِّينِ الْقَيِّمِ مِن قَبْلِ أَن يَأْتِيَ يَوْمٌ لَا مَرَدَّ لَهُ مِنَ اللَّهِ يَوْمَئِذٍ يَصَّدَّعُونَ So direct your face toward the correct religion. Before a day comes from Allah of which there is no repelling, that day they will be divided. Whoever disbelieves, upon him is the consequence of his disbelief. And whoever does righteousness, They are for themselves preparing. That he may reward those who have believed and done righteous deeds out of his bounty. Indeed, he does not like the disbelievers. صدق اللہ العظیم یہ آیات سورہ روم کی اے نبی ان سے کہو کہ زمین میں چل پھر دیکھو پہلے گزرے ہوئے لوگوں کا کیا انجام ہو چکا ان میں سے اکثر مشرقی تھے بس اے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اپنا رخ مضبوطی کے ساتھ جما دو اس دین راست قسم قبل اس کے کہ وہ دن آ جائے جس کے ٹل جانے کی کوئی صورت اللہ کی طرف سے نہیں اس دن لوگ پھٹ کر ایک دوسرے سے الگ ہو جائیں گے جس نے کفر کیا ہے اس کے کفر کا وبال اسی پر ہے اور جن لوگوں نے نیک عمل کیا ہے اور جن لوگوں نے نیک عمل کیا ہے وہ اپنے ہی لیے فلاح کا راستہ صاف کر رہے ہیں تاکہ اللہ ایمان لانے والوں کو اور عمل صالح کرنے والوں کو اپنے فضل سے جزا دے یقیناً وہ کافروں کو پسند نہیں کرتا اس کی نشانیوں میں سے 
یہ ہے کہ وہ ہوائیں بھیجتا ہے بشارت دینے کے لیے اور تمہیں اپنی رحمت سے بہرہ مند کرنے کے لیے اور اس غرض کے لیے کہ کشتیاں اس کے حکم سے چلیں اور تم اس کا فضل تلاش کرو اور اس کے شکر گزار بنو صدق اللہ العظیم السلام علیکم شیخ علیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ سبحان اللہ سو یسٹرڈے وی نائنٹینتھ آف رمضان وی فنشڈ اور آئی تھنک وی فنشڈ انڈرسٹینڈنگ دا ورس بفور دس ون اینڈ دیٹ واز زہر الفساد فی البری و البحری بما کسبت عید الناس there is always a connection between ayahs. So mm. ayahs are not to be understood in isolation on its own. There is something before that, and then there is something after that, and there is a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. So today's ayah, which is, uh, you know, travel in earth, is a command almost, is it? Mm-hmm. So that you see, and what you see is nothing but that people were destroyed because of their shirk. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, it's, it's um, well, because they're shirk, was, is it because they're shirk or is it, um, but they were, this is, so the end of that verse, you know, Allah says, O Muhammad Sallallahu tell, order people that they should travel in the earth, and then they should observe, not that is to, you know, to have a look, but to, or to, um, you know, this root essentially means to observe, to look and observe. Mm-hmm. So ra'a is in Arabic, there's lots of words that relate to um, using the eyes to perceive things, but each of them have a different meaning. So fanzur is like this um, look, which is an observational look. So it's almost like an analytical look. Um, and why is that? كَيْفَ كَانَ عَقِبَةُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِ so mm-hmm. have a look and see the 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 just desserts or the end of those people before and that means every single nation that came before us and um, there's something in what we'll observe mm-hmm. in terms of their 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 existence the cycle of their existence which will show us that they rise and fall you know and and so the thing here is if you say then what comes straight after it allah says kana aktharuhum mushrikeen most of these people were in a state of idolatry. Remember, idolatry, if you just simply say it's the placing of an idol in front of you and worshipping, then you've missed the point because shirk in and of itself, at the basis of it, is stripping God out of any interaction with creation and putting other forms in place that you say affect creation and order creation. So you just sub, you're, you're, you're almost like um, sub- substituting God and relegating God into the backwaters of your imagination and putting other things in place that then make help you make sense of, of what you see around the world, how you um, order economy, how you order society, how you order um, every single, your agriculture, for example, because they had idols for agriculture, they had idols for fertility, war, you, you name it, they had an idol for that specific purpose, the most minute idol. And so the the introduction of the human being with their own forms, structures, affiliations is essentially shirk. And so why this is important, Allah is telling us to observe. And the reason for that is actually related to the, far, the previous verse, which is that corruption and, and destruction and decay has, has appeared upon earth and in the oceans and on, as a result of what human beings have earned by their own hands. You know, so what we said yesterday was that, you know, the result of people's actions leads to imbalance in society, in economy, mm-hmm. in ecology, in environment, in, in the whole balance of everything you can think of, in family structures, in relationships, in the rearing of children. Everything that happens, happens as a result of pe- personal choices. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places that very firmly in our court because Allah says, nas. So not just saying that because of your choices, it's by saying, for example, bima, bima amilu. So you could just say that. You know, you know, you could say some barri wal bahri bima amilu. And no one would think otherwise because of what hmm. you did. Hmm. Why does it say bima kasabat? Because of what you acquired and chose by your own hands. So <clears throat> you could do something and it's not your intent to do it. It could just be a mistake or whatever. When Allah says bima kasabat, it, it indicates this idea of, of real choice and real volition and real acquisition of a, of a series of selections and you've chosen one specifically because you want to do it. And when Allah says nas um, because of what human beings by their own hands and fingers have done, it means that there's no responsibility apart from on yourself. So the Quranic verse here about corruption and and, and um, you know corruption and perversion in society and, and the universe appearing is placed firmly and and squarely in the in the kind of in the area arena of human choice and activity. Hmm. So that's the first thing. And then you know the, the next thing is why does why does God say that? Why does God say that this is why things have happened? He says it because liyudhiqahum, so that they may he may make the, he may make them taste. Hmm. Some of a small amount of what they've done for a purpose, so that they come back. And so <clears throat> this verse, you know, a lot of ver I mean, one of the things I've always thought about is if you take a verse of the Qur'an and you try and say, okay, what is it saying, essentially? What's mm. it saying to, saying to me? What's the, you know, in Urdu, I think you say mancha or something? Yeah, mancha. What's a mancha? And if you explain that in English. Uh, the intent. Yeah, the intent. So the purpose, ultimate purpose of something. Mm-hmm. Maqsad. Or yeah. there's a, there's a treat, tafsir my father had, rahimahullah. He had a tafsir, tafsir al-fadli. Mm-hmm. In Urdu, and it was apparently by an illiterate um, man who had a student who then wrote, wrote the dict- the dictations into a tafsir. And in the tafsir, when I used to look at it, it used to have like the, the translation, the Arabic, and then the translation, and then explanation of you know the translation, and then hasil. It would have this section straight after the mm-hmm. verse, which is hasil, which is basically you know what's you know in, in Punjabi, what do you say? Palikipia. Uh-huh. Hassel. Yeah, hassel. You know, what did you what did you benefit from in this what, verse? What did you actually get out of it? Yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you understand this? You know, yeah. you, you know, like, like hassel rasul. Hassel yeah. rasul. you know, what's what did you own in the end? Yeah, so what did you get out of it? So this these verses I always think, look, what's the I mean, I, I think if you don't understand the hassle of a, of the this kind of verse, you've missed mm-hmm. I think um the whole part, like, the, what's the main message in this verse? Do you think? Markazi mazmoon, markazi mazmoon. You know, so what's the what's the you know what's the leverage in the verse? What's the verse actually trying to solicit in terms of, um, you know, the meaning that's here? Because on the face of it, it's a very poetic, graphic mm. verse. Because you can, in your mind, you think of environmental degradation, wars, attrition. Famine, you think of um, refugees, you think of diseases, you think of everything going to pot, as they say, because of human activity, basically. Yeah, living an irresponsible life leads to destruction. Uh huh. I mean, or, or the, the, the. Okay, so then it, why would God say so, so that God allows them to taste part of what they've done? And is that mm. the whole point? Is that God just to let people experience what they've did? So is that the is, is that the mancha? Hmm, the mancha. Mancha is what, what I end since the whole thing is uh, you know uh, again uh tu samajta hai raz hai zindagi magar zauke parvaz hai zindagi palatna jhapatna jhapatkar palatna lahu garm rakhne ka hai ek bahana <clears throat> meaning that the whole thing the whole life is endeavor yes journey and it's the journey that is with the mancha mm. and journey on on a, a journey on a path which is um right one which is a good one mm-hmm. and if you're off path 
is destruction. Mm-hmm. So you've got so to have journey. Yeah, so you ha- yeah, you have to have a journey. So is the Quran in this verse saying have a journey? Or is it, you know, obviously it's talking about a whole vision of destruction and Armageddon almost. Mm. But then right at the end, I mean, something happens. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ you know, so there's is it talk about so it's for me it's more like you're made to experience, you know, like a child, if they don't listen to you, hmm. you actually today I was in, in the, I went to Jum with my son and so we were praying and I told him to pray, he just like messing about with um Lego <laughs> Lego kind of things. So I took some money out and I put it on the ground and he picked it up, looked at me because I was I was about to pray, he didn't ask me, then he started to pray. <laughs> so all of a sudden the sajda, the qiyam, everything's perfect, you know, long sujood, all the so obviously I, that, I gave that to him to give in charity, he didn't know that. So the point was he 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 needed something he, in his own mind to rectify his behavior. I wanted him to do something, he didn't do it, so th- I just gave it to him and to rectify, but I could have just let, left him and let him do what he wanted to do. So that in life you'd experience that you should pray, but that's a difficult thing, unless they 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 experience the results of their choices. So a child, for example, if you let them, if you if you're unable to get through to them, a part of a parent parenting process would be to let them taste the effect of the, making their own choices, hmm. and they learn from that, and so then they come back, and so. It's almost like Allah is saying you're made to. Allah makes you experience the results of your own choices that you can't put in the hands of God. You can't place and say, "Well, God allowed this to happen." God will allow you to experience the results of your own choices that are definitely your choices. So you turn back to God, not turn back to God like running, because why do you go back to God? It's because God said, "I had better choices," hmm. and you didn't take them. Because did I not tell you how to order society? Did I not tell you in the these verses, the six or seven verses we decided about, decide, described about the ayat, the signs, hmm. which were like a blueprint for how, from the very basis of biological functioning all the way up to the higher purpose of being in a state of awe of Allah from just natural around you, the, the you know the lightning and the, and the rain and, and and connecting that all back to your servitude to God, was that not like a blueprint for you to order society and you know avert facade? In the in the earth and in the oceans, is it not that it is? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. how you can understand that? Most people will turn their nose up to that and say, "Well, we are much more advanced as a, as a civilization, as human beings, evolved to the point that we are now reaching, you know, expeditions to Mars and whatever, you know, which is like a, a tiny step in any kind of cosmologically, if you look at the universe." But the arrogance is such that, oh, we are. You know, we can um, we can genetically engineer apples. We can we can do all these you know chop and change. Hmm. But can you create? Can you can you create life like like incept life without copying and pasting something or 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 changing the sequencing of a genome, for example? You can, mm-hmm. and you never will be able to. That's like if you ask any scientist, they they will admit because the whole idea of life is is an origination which you can't recreate. Hmm. And so hmm. the arrogance leads to what the Qur'an said 1450 years ago. Exactly the same thing that it said is exactly what happens, that the arrogance of people to make their own choices, to make their own decisions, it's my way, and this is my way or the highway, as society, that's what we say. Allah is saying, okay, do it, and we will allow you to taste the pain of those choices. And if you think of it now, if you look at the environmental situation, people in anxiety and stress, um, just over the environment, that's If that isn't what this Quran is saying here, which is this, they taste part of what they've done. So they come back, not come back and say, Allah, I'm sorry. We hmm. don't want your Allah does not need your, your remorse in that sense. Allah is saying, Look, <clears throat> there's a way of living life and ordering societies and ordering civilizations and setting priorities, which we just set out for you which is you start from the basic givens of biology and science. And upon that, you start to build family and, and, and community. And after that, you order economy. And after that, you start to um, seek your livelihood in an ethical way. You know, mm. that whole idea of seeking from his bounty, 
means inherently that you have to do an ethical way, a good way, a pure way, a tayyib way, halal way. You know, that's the whole point of that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, it covers it with this idea that everything you experience in life, you should turn it back to God. And you should recognize that Allah is present in all things, meaning his, his knowledge and his power mm-hmm. and, his, and his care. And that's how you start to order society. To, to that, to the guidance. It's mm-hmm. not and that's it. You know, so like Tawbah, you know. So we talked about Inaba here as well. We talked previously about Inaba and Munib basically mm-hmm. coming back. Yarji'un is a deeper thing because Yarji'una for what? So when the child comes back after creating, creating, making all these mistakes to the parent, the purpose is not to come to the parent and the parent gives them a hug. It's to come back to the parent and say, okay, what should I have done? Hmm, hmm, hmm. So, there, so there's a difference between Munib and Yarjirun. Inab, Inaba and uh, Ruju. Ruju yeah, is different yeah. from Munib. Ruju is just simply to come back and to I mean, collect something or to come back physically or to, to refer back. You could also make it hmm. kind of metaphorical meaning of Yarjiruna, yeah. you know, in terms of coming back for something. You go back somewhere. But turning in Tawbah is a, a spiritual thing, Inaba is a deeper spiritual thing. Yarji'un is like a, as a as a as a you know you would say as a whole civilization a whole community would come back mm-hmm. tur- going turning you know like so the Titanic. Different, it's a different frame of reference they, they will yeah, so turning like the whole ship t- having to turn all the way around yeah like everybody good, yeah. turning back because it's talking about the 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 earth and the, and the oceans all being corrupted Mm. You know, you, that's the literal, the literal meaning is quite shocking. But you know, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he did give, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani mentions this, that he gave a, a metaphorical reasoning for this. He compared the, the barri wal-bahar, which is the bar, the bar is of the land. Hmm. He said that that is like the metaphor of human beings. Hmm. Uh, and al-bahar is like the um, the angels. So he had this kind of whole understanding the bar and bahar is, is different things. Um, and so he said like when a person um, you know, does something, it has an effect on human beings. But when he says something, you know, it affects the angels. So he had this, whole, he commented on it in a, in a kind of metaphorical way that it, it's kind of the effects of these and the, and the results of these. When you do something, people cry. And mm-hmm. then when you say something that is evil, then the angels cry over you. And mm-hmm. so the Barran Bahar he considered to be, you know, you know, a type of corruption which is, you know, either you know the tongue or the heart or whatever. But the point here is this verse is a very pivotal verse in the Quran, I think. Because again, that that process of looking at the mansha, the the purpose, what's the take-home message in simple language for this? I would say it's basically that God allows you to experience your own choices so that you turn back to God to request how you should have done it how you should have you should have made better decisions how you would have made better choices because this is all mm. wrong choices better lead decisions to bad actions lead so to shit. bad results yeah decisions how do you make decisions yeah i mean that's it how do you make decisions how um, do you make decisions yeah, so there's different ways, as you know, I mentioned to you, there's different ways of making decisions. Essentially, you know, the, the decisions that were made that led to the type of corruption appearing on the earth are very, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they have priorities. Mm-hmm. So it's material wealth. For example, that'd be like one of the top things they would say. Another thing would be um, ease, for example. Like, for example, all these plastic things that people we make use of. They're made use of because of ease, simplicity, ajala. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet said, Al-Ajala to shaitan. The ajala, this the seeking of speed is from the shaitan. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's too much depth there because you know, when people when society makes decisions, which is what the Quran here is talking about, they, they based on what they choose, their decisions. Mm-hmm. If they make it based upon what you know, the hadith, the completion of it is what the min al-Rahman that that um, deliberation and and reflection is from Allah, from the Rahman. Mm-hmm. That hadith, in, in, in a sense, you could you could apply this this verse because you know if 
if haste and speed is from shaitan and mm. the opposite which is deliberation and and time and taking your time and and reflecting is from ar-rahman the, the, the most merciful god then okay if you make choices based upon speed and you know you know um you know kind of haste you're mm -hmm. obviously going to build on on sand whereas the opposite is that you you act based upon choice which is based on deliberation and thinking mm -hmm. and you can see in your own lives anything you do out of haste you regret and mm. this is essentially what's happening here everything that you can think of without exception you would think that's gone wrong environmentally on earth mm -hmm. is as a result of people cutting corners mm. like, <clears throat> not the opposite uh, uh, reflections of Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad um, Surah Rum uh, 30th Surah of Quran um, the ayah under discussion Zaharul Fasad Evil has become rife on the land and sea because of men's deeds This is in order that he may cause them to have a taste of some of their deeds Perhaps they will turn back from evil And Sheikh spoke about uh, you know, collective decisions and uh, also individual decisions, but how society is affected is because of the societal decisions they've made. And after this short ad break, inshallah, we will probably cover, you know, how human beings make decisions and what is the method of making decisions. And perhaps also looking at uh, when Prophet ﷺ made decisions on certain things, what was the methodology that he used? Um, as we understand, most of the life as it pans out is because of our decisions or indecisions and our choices. Ad break and we'll be right back. Mere Rab ka Teri shan jala jala lahu mere rab Uh, 20th of Ramadan, uh, Maghrib today, iftar today is at 8.44, 20th of Ramadan in Glasgow. Uh, and we welcome you back uh, on this program, Reflections at Radio Ramadan 87.7. Uh, I'm your host, Zubair Akram, with my guest, Sheikh Rabban Muhammad. And just before the break, we were uh, discussing the ayah uh, of Surah Rum, Zahar al-Fasadu fil barri wal-Bahr. And about decisions. So, Sheikh, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, decisions, Sheikh, decisions, decisions. How do we make decisions? How are we supposed to? Is there a method to making decisions? <laughs> so, I, 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 in unknown to the listener, I, I, I recommended a book to you <laughs> two days ago. I think it was two days ago. Yeah, it was. And this uh, book is quite inter interesting because I was, I, I found this in a bookshop just about a year ago, secondhand bookshop. It's okay. called the decision book, and I've actually got it here now because as soon as you said that, I, I, I went back to my <laughs> bookshelf and grabbed this book. So the decision mm. book, fifty models for strategic thinking. So I just mm. bought this in secondhand bookshop. So my son took this to the nursery. Don't know why he kept it in his bag for a long time. Um, mm. He's only six. So he's only five when he put it in his bag. But this is an interesting book because it talks about fifty methods. What fifty models for strategic thinking? So this is a collection of different ways that people, different theories and different models that people make use of 
um, to make decisions and mm. to decide. You know, from the most selfish, which is, you know, there's one here, which is, you know, the flow model, which is basically you ask yourself, what makes you happy? Hmm. So it says, over 2,000 years ago, Aristotle came to the unsurprising conclusion that what a person wants above all is to be happy. <laughs> so Aristotle, the founder of peripatetic philosophy, um, came up with this shocking um, discovery that happiness, sa'ada. So sa'ada in Arabic, happiness is, is sa'ada. Hmm. Um, and so this is an American psych psychiatrist who mentions 1961, when happiness itself is sought for its own sake, every other goal, health, beauty, money or power is valued only because we expect that it will make us happy. Hmm. Hmm. So so he says that this term, um, you know, obviously is related to being happy. And he says, you have to be in the flow and this, this, I would just randomly pick this for first one up. Actually, the flow mm. model he's describing is, you just keep going with what makes you happy. Mm. So decision making. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying do this, by the way. I'm just saying this is the first one out of the fifty I looked at. Now, um, the flow model would be that you keep going with the. You know when they say the go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. That's from the flow model. Yeah, yeah. Flow, yeah. Fl go with the flow of your happiness. And so, th 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Per se, if you if you define happiness as being you know saada, which is like ultimate happiness, because in fact you understand Imam Ghazali actually said that the purpose of a Sharia is to re reach happiness. Now, to I think now that I come to think of it, he said the whole purpose of a Sharia is to reach saada. Go with the flow. To, to, yeah, to go with the flow, go with the program. Mm. So, mm. you know, the program being that you have to buy into the Sharia. So that, that you, it's almost God is saying your happiness is is guaranteed by following the Sharia, which is like literally literally means a path in Arabic that goes to the water that gives you life. So so there's different reasons why people make decisions, and you know at the pr most primary level would be you know happiness, self fulfillment. Um, so you know even things like you know beauty, wealth, all these things are, are a means by which. Essentially, you gain that sort of contentment and happiness. That that's, that's the whole purpose of your life. Hmm. So there's nothing. But, but yeah. there are there are small decisions and there are big decisions. The, hmm. the decision to live a life in a certain coded way mm -hmm. is a decision. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and decision to live in a place is a decision. Live mm -hmm. uh, decision of getting education at a certain age is a decision. Mm -hmm. Or you know, going in. So all our life is a sum total of our decisions. That's mm -hmm. so, so, such an important thing. And we were talking about this the other day, and uh, I've been. I, I thought I will, will share it with with our listeners that um, we are doing things without knowing that we are doing in a certain way, mm -hmm. or we are. Uh, and but if there is a method to it, being aware of methods. And always making decisions according to this uh, within the framework mm -hmm. will make things easier. Uh, another way of looking at it is that at a certain level, majority of your job is to make decisions mm -hmm. for a, a leader of the household, mm -hmm. leader, leader of a family, leader of a company, leader of a all you're doing is making decisions. Yeah, kullukum ra'in. All of yeah. your shepherds and kullukum mas'ulun ra'iyati. Prosna said. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know someone, um, uh, one of our uh, co-workers here. You know, she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm really displeased because her relatives had made a decision that they're now going to make some money out of an off license, which mm. they never did before. Okay. So they made a decision, first of all, to be richer than who they are. Mm -hmm. And the path is an off-license. Mm -hmm. And that's really bothering them. And it's mm -hmm. affecting the family. Mm -hmm. So decision-making is an important thing. So how do you make decisions? What What is it that should be the driving force for us? Or is it a method that we should be following 
out of say 50 you're saying in that book are there in 50 are, are there more are there less uh, is there a prophetic way of making decisions hmm. yeah i mean obviously if he says if it's a prophetic way of making decisions you we can only see the results of the effect of the of the process hmm. so with the prophecy and we can see the result of the process we can glean and have insights into what made him make decisions in specific ways but there's decisions that he made that nobody understood or mm. we can understand now but the people around him almost nobody understood like his his um his decision to accept the conditions of the treaty of hudaybiyah for example it was so mm. inexplicable to the companions around him all of them essentially you know i, I can't think of any i can't think of actually any any of the companions that time that was not um, taken aback by the decision just to go back to Mecca, to Medina, mm. sorry. Mm. Um, when you're at the outskirts of Mecca, all that traveling in Ihram and just deciding to go back because you've signed an agreement with the Quraysh, which seems to be of no use to you and actually detrimental to you. That decision was made or made in a long-term um, you know, plan, a long-term strategy, if you say, mm. if you want to take strategy. Or you could say it's wahi. You could say that the Prophet you could say the verse, which is he doesn't make decisions based on his own caprice and whims. He does it based upon inspiration from God. So you could you could you could say well the decisions are all in fact there's a whole there's a big discussion in Asul al Fiqh on whether the Prophet actually ever made Ijtihad himself, whether it was all revelation. Hmm. So you know, the things that he instigated and did, were they based on ijtihad or were they based on inspiration? So that right away, the whole decision-making is actually not his, you know, in mm, one way. Mm, mm, but mm. the reason we, we can still discuss that is because things he did had a very clear reasoning behind them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the Hudaybiyah had a very clear reasoning, which is long-term strategy, clear and understood understood by us now, um, to the point that the Quran says, إِنَّ فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا just to mark it, just in case you're in any doubt, the Quran says we've given you the most manifest of victories. Hmm. Um, so that decision was a long-term strategy decision, which was in the Quran, you know, praised like no other decision of the Prophet. And if you think about it, hmm. the most unpopular, if you were to mark one decision the Prophet made that was unpopular, meaning not unpopular, but un, you know, it's not the right word, I think, unpopular. But it was unpopular because nobody it wasn't popular, so it was unpopular, but it was unpalatable. Difficult mm. to digest for the companions. Difficult to just, you know, go with because they didn't they didn't do what the Prophet said they should do, which is to, you know, you know, shave their heads and slaughter their animals mm. because they're coming out of Ihram. They didn't do it because they were it was unpalatable for them. And so you know, there's 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 a basic idea which is you know we know in religion I don't have to mention it, but it's the basic idea of, of seeking the best and the, and where God's pleasure would lie in a decision. So mm. generally, Muslims imagine that scenario you're mentioning would be the person thinking, um, you know, in the in two, in these two scenarios, which one would God, would God be more pleased with? A situation where you're making more money, but you're you're actually selling something that is going to you know, basically destroy people's lives. I mean, let's let's be very clear about you know something like alcohol. Hmm. Um, you know, regardless of whether it's legal or not, it's like you know Jordan Peterson. He did his PhD. You know, this famous psychiatrist, psychologist in Canada. He did his PhD on 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 drink and alcohol, hmm. and he's 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 in consume alcohol. He's very very famous. But he said, if 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 alcohol was just invented now. No government would permit it to be sold, produced, um, marketed at all without any shadow of a doubt. <clears throat> Think of that. Think of that. that. I mean, that's his PhD was on the effects, psychological effects of alcohol in people. We know the effects of, of alcohol in the body. We know the, the, the connection of alcohol with, with um, cancerous growth and carcinogenic um, agents. We know the kind of emotional roller coaster person goes to the social impact, the family impact. We know all of this now documented in, in a way that, you know, in the past you would just say, well, the person is drunk, but now we know all the facts. Hmm. But the reality is when the Quran, you know, slowly got us to understand the, the, the harm of, of alcohol, 
the decision was based upon the benefit to society, to families, to everybody that I've just mentioned has a negative impact from it, the body. Mm. And so the person's probably thinking that effect of opening up an off-license is affecting people's lives for what benefit, for material benefit, which will perhaps no have no barakah. Like we have that sense of adding it to the fact that you have 100,000 more in the mm. bank, but that 100,000, I guarantee you will be urinated down the drain mm. by your offspring. You know, that's like a guarantee because no barakah in that, you know. So the decision was on base, on the basis of, is it pleasing to God? Mm. But then there's other ways which, which are, you know, and things are not always that simple because it's like life choices, employment, friends, and all these things and commitments and all these things. And then, there's, you know, everybody has their own preference, depending on how hard and, you know, they say like, you know, strict you are in making decisions. You know, there's mm. easy ways out, which most people will do, and there's the tough ones. I have one which is like, there's a philosophical concept called the Ockham's razor, which is basically you cut everything that's irrelevant. Mm. As long mm. as it doesn't harm anybody, you just cut everything, all the, the noise out so that you focus on the thing you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So what are you here to do? Okay, do it. And if you're not doing it properly, cut things out so you do it properly. As long as it doesn't harm anybody, cut it out. If you're being frivolous, Wasting time, cut it all out. <laughs> so it's a guaranteed success. This is guaranteed. And there's so much life coaching on this. Like, you know, people complain about not being able to afford a mortgage or um, being able to get on the property ladder. There's people in their 20, you know, in the early 20s that purchase properties by doing nothing apart from just having a, a couple of incomes. But they've cut everything out. Like everything that people just buy, you know, spend on, Small things drop, drop, drop. All of a sudden, it becomes quite substantial. They cut everything out because they want to purchase a house, and they do it. Hmm. Because obviously, you, when you buy, you know, something, you buy new clothes, or you buy a, ca- a coffee, or you, it doesn't seem like anything. It seems insignificant, but you, you add it up, it's actually probably half your income, or hmm. probably more. And so, what you're saying, well, ten years of half your income, what could you make with that? So. There's all these things that, you know, decision-making, you know, is important because it tells you a lot about how the person is. And I mentioned to you, I think, the, the marshmallow mm. test. Did I mention the marshmallow test to you? I was reading about it. So no. it's like a child, a way of, 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 of assessing the, 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 possible, the future success of a child in life is to give them a marshmallow and tell them that they have to not eat it now, they have to save it for later. Mm-hmm. And if the child saves it for later then the chances are because they're delaying gratification, they'll be they'll have a successful life. Hmm. Because that's one of the basic markers of a successful um, life is that you're able to think further than just the instant gratification of eating the marshmallow. Hmm. So hmm. you've got dates in front of you. You've got pakora and samosa. You've got chanachat. You've got all these things. And what you're doing, you're hmm. just looking at them. Hmm. Salivating and inshallah making some dua as well at the same time. But essentially, you're looking at the food. Now, what's stopping you from eating it is that principle that the Quran is teaching us through the, the institution of fasting, which is, you know, the, the instant gratification is, is, is a sign of your d- defeat. Yeah. And the ability to stop and to say, I'll have it later is a sign of your success in, in life, in business, in family, in civilization. Hmm. So we talk about fa- fast, you know, that you, you fast so that you have God consciousness and you feel the pain of the, you know, the, the person who's fasting and the poor people and you have all these realities. But, you know, the more you look at something like fasting, it is a fascinating thing because it, it delves deep down into the human hmm. psyche of delayed gratification. So the the decision-making, what I get from what we've heard so far, should be based on the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First of all, having the goal of what pleases Allah, what Mm. what the life is all about. Mm. Um, Or amshajin nabtalihi. You know, so it's a test. And Mm. how how you set the test is important, what the parameters Mm. are. All the decisions are based around that. Mm. And th- on a second level, what you're saying is any success comes with focus. Mm. 
and for focus you need discipline and every decision needs to be made how disciplined you get pruning mm-hmm. yeah I mean, pruning i gave that example i don't know if on or off here but pruning is a perfect example you cut but what you're doing by the cutting is you're taking away when you think oh my goodness i've taken away half the tree but essentially what you're doing is you need to prune it to be able to get a, a more you know a larger crop for, for the last, next year you have to prune mm. but a person watching would say why are you cutting off the branches that give you the fruit you're not you're pruning because they're extraneous and they actually they actually pull the tree down they take all the mm. energy all the nutrients and just basically waste them away and it's the same thing with life that's why you know you know in a religion this everything is stripped back to the bare minimum and then you build up so you, first of all you're told to take care of your time you know with the prayers that's taken care of the five prayers you punk you have an idea of morning afternoon evening whereas if you didn't you just have the whole day would just be one big spread and it helps you to you know to focus at different parts of the day you've got the month of ramadan which actually trains your trains you to be able to make decisions based upon long term benefit rather than short term gain hmm. you've got the hajj which allows you to focus in on the ultimate pur- purpose of all human beings of every race and color and skin tone and language that ultimately they're the same you know a- you know absolutely and completely the same you know, uh, and, and, you, and you mentioned frivolous right but we all most people are involved in lots of frivolous activities mm-hmm. but sometimes fr- frivolous leads to something serious mm-hmm. and you, you know activity x is frivolous no no yeah because if, if you if if you replay what i just said i guarantee I would have said you know things that hold you back from the main purpose of you know what you're trying to do somewhere so mm. when i talk about frivolous it's the thing that gets in the, you've got this main thing you have to do and you've mm. got this other thing you're doing that's getting in the way that thing needs to be removed now if mm. the thing you're doing which is frivolous is not getting in the way it's it's, it's not frivolous it is extraneous is extra it is non-essential but it has a purpose in life hmm. you know it has you know lahu it has this kind of um, sense of relaxation and you know the human being and the mind need relaxation and time you know downtime hmm. that's not the, that's not the point I'm, talk, I'm not saying become a robot what i'm saying is <clears throat> if you've decided what you need to get then there's certain things are getting in the way of what you get you need to get then you need to assess them and whether they're good for you or not mm-hmm. and so that you know having tamanni you know it's having like empty wishes on something is not sufficient mm. and so the quran says amlil insani ma tamanna you know do you think that human beings will get will just um achieve what they want themselves desire by by itself mm. <clears throat> is that the way the world works that you just sit back and you just think everything's going to fall in your lap mm-hmm. and and so one of the meanings of that verse in surah an-najm is that that meaning that i've just said another meaning is that do you think people achieve things just by by wishing meaning do you think that the prophet sallallahu achieved this high status in, in the eyes of god just by wishing that he was going to be a great human being mm. or do you think there was something more which is worship which is devotion which is sacrifice which is focus which is seriousness which is jest with friends with all the whole thing of the whole perfect humanity the prophet had mm-hmm. no he did mm-hmm. it through his kasb his choice his acquisition and so the mm-hmm. quran is putting out a mirror to you and saying okay the decisions are there do you think everyone just got to where they were by just being born into it not not really no it's something behind the back story qul siru fil ard fanzuru kayfa kana aqibatu alladhina min qabl Mushrikeen mm. is the ayah that we will focus on. Oh, that's what we're supposed to do, yeah. So, <clears throat> so it says the Prophet, O Muhammad, you know, travel into the earth and then inspect and, and, and analyze and observe how the, the the end of those people before you was, you know, what happened to them. And what we know is the moment that Allah says, Min qablu, you know, mm. before. It's not meaning like before you. It's saying, look, the whole, this is saying basically if you were able to create an encyclopedia of, of human history, look at it all. 
And من قبله, I've mentioned this, uh, من قبله, من بعد, the way the grammar is, and the dhamma specifically end in terms of qabl and ba'd, it has the intent of universalizing and generalizing what's mentioned in terms of time. So it, mean, it means basically before, even if it's not been recorded or, 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 or studied in reference to you or in reference to anybody else. In mm. other words, there's no exception to this, that mm. you will always see a society and civilization rise and fall. On the basis of what kana aktharuhum mushrikeen Most of these people, most of these communities Were in a state of in Not having the unity of Allah At the forefront of their minds In other words What would God's pleasure be in? It wasn't that hmm. It was something else Which is What would the pleasure of Lat, Uzza, Manat What would the pleasure of this political party Or that political What would the pleasure of this friend or that friend, everybody's intent in choosing was dissipated into different forms. Not Allah. So when I said, you know, what's the headline of decision making? It's would it be pleasing to God? I mean, most mm. people listening, I think everybody listening would find it easy to make that decision on anything they have in their life. I think mm. I, I know this almost perfectly. If you have a decision to make, and all you have to ask yourself is, would it be pleasing to God? Right? So you, your your answer is there. Yes or no. It'll be there. It won't be like, oh, I don't know. I guarantee. I'm, I, I cannot think of anything in my mind that a person's asked me about in which I, if I've said to them, you know, this is kind of not not a kind of detailed fiqh issue, which is like the which mm. they're arguing about. I'm talking about life issue. Mm. I'm, you know, Sheikh, I'm stuck with this predicament. I don't know what to do. Ultimately, what, what would you think God's pleasure would lie in? Mm. Um, but what do people do? People add in, or oh, what would the what would the happiness of my family or my friends or my co-workers or society or you know if they're into polytheism, proper polytheism, <laughs> mm -hmm. they say what would Ganesh or what would Lat or is that you know want me to do? You know, people demolishing mm -hmm. houses in, in India. On the basis of you know what would I, my idol want us to do, which is be victorious over these other these other people, which are Muslims. Mm -hmm. So this is a, 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 this is a rule, which is the, the destruction and and wretchedness of any civilization is on the back on the basis of the fact that they're not not God conscious. Naturally, mm -hmm. they, they, I mean, you could say that they became famous, powerful, mm -hmm. but essentially, it comes to nothing when you come to the end of it. It, they're in their graves, they're going to be brought up They're going to have to answer for their actions You know, it doesn't matter the fact that they had A 6th century old Civilization, like the Romans Or the Persians, whatever When you come to it Everyone's the same, you just come at your grave When you're answering for your, your actions the, the answering For a person who has more Unethical decisions will be much more Difficult and grave than a person Who just, who did it for a God-centered God reason Hmm. And so that's why Allah says Three after He says If you know this And you've seen the result Of people's actions And civilizations Being destroyed And the destruction Of, of everything on, in, on the earth And the oceans Then Allah says You know Turn back And face With your whole intent To To this upright religion Upright hmm. Here means like Decision making You're true Upright also You know this idea of if it's upright, it knows what it's doing. Hmm. You know, Deen al Qayyim is the religion which is, you know where it stands. Hmm. And if you speak to an Anglican bishop, and I apologize to them if they're listening, you don't know, they don't know where they stand. You think of any religion, it does not know where it stands on issues. And so when Allah is saying, for this straightforward, upright religion, it's because you know exactly where it stands. It's not. It's not wavering. Mm -hmm. Why? Allah says, "Min qabli, before an yati a yomun la maraddala min Allah, before a day comes in which there'll be no way of getting away from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala." So it just goes back to this thing: the civilization and the, and the power and the authority and the privilege disappears. So therefore, if you don't want to be like that person or that group and that civilization. Turn back to God, to a religion which is clear and upright. It helps you make decisions. Because what will happen is you'll come back to God and there'll be no way of running from God. 
You know, so the, the Quran is is full of this kind of simple simple message, actually, that you know the things that go wrong in your lives, personally or a, a community or civilizational level, are as a result of your own choices, and the choices you're made to experience what happens in those choices, so that you reflect, reconsider, and come back hmm. to live how you should live. It's a very simple message to body. I don't think it's complicated. You could that's like a proof for religion, you know, and one kind of proof would be the experiential proof of people being unable to order their own lives. And actually yeah. that's a proof. I'll just write it down. I've never read, read that proof, but I think the experiential proof of of societies being unable to produce success according to all markers is a proof that you need God. Because you can't order society by yourself. Ultimately, even this society we're living in, which is godless. Experiential proof? Yeah, experience, civilizational proof, I would say, that uh -huh. this society, which is the most which is the most progressive, if you're saying it's the most successful in eradicating certain things, I think you'd have a very difficult case to argue. Mm -hmm. Extremely, I mean, not extremely difficult, impossible, because you're talking about you have to, you have to explain the last century. And good luck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, over 100 million people killed on the on the basis of godless ideologies you got a very mm -hmm. impossible task to argue that in, in any court mm -hmm. um, and then all this kind of madness in the ozone, ozone layer and and the environment and you know slavehood institutional slave, slave slavehood mm. which is beyond the kind of you, you have slave you have countries in, in enslaved mm. you have Gaza which is like an open prison camp You've got all these places on earth that you can say, well, there's this progress, your your ability, your attempt to create this kind of cohesive um utopia is completely atrophied and failed. What you're left with is the Lahar al Fasada fil Bari wal Bahri bima kasabat nas. You know, corruption has appeared mm -hmm. on 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 land and in the oceans because of your own decisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's you know, rest your case. You don't have to argue much there. <coughs> اللہ ہی ہے جس نے تم کو پیدا کیا پھر تمہیں رزق دیا پھر وہ تمہیں موت دیتا ہے پھر وہ تمہیں زندہ کرے گا کیا تمہارے ٹھہرائے ہوئے شریکوں میں کوئی ایسا ہے جو ان سے کوئی بھی کام کرتا ہو پاک ہے وہ اور بہت بالا و برتر ہے اس شرک سے جو یو لے کرتے ہیں خشکی اور تری میں فساد برپا ہو گیا ہے لوگوں کے اپنے ہاتھوں کی کمائی سے تاکہ مزہ چکھائے ان کو ان کے بازہ مال کا شاید کہ وہ باز آ جائیں اور پھر آج کی جو آیت جس پہ آج کی گفتگو چلی قلصیر فلارد اے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ان سے کہو کہ زمین میں چل پھر کر دیکھیں پہلے گزرے ہوئے لوگوں کا کیا انجام ہو چکا ہے ان میں سے اکثر مشرق ہی تھے بس اے نبی اپنا رخ مضبوطی کے ساتھ جما دو اس دین راست کے سمت میں قبل اس کے کہ وہ دن آئے جس کے ٹل جانے کی کوئی صورت اللہ کی طرف سے نہیں ہے اس دن لوگ پھٹ کر ایک دوسرے سے الگ ہو جائیں گے جس نے کفر کیا ہے اس کے کفر کا وبال اسی پر ہے ان دو آیات میں ہم نے جو شیخ سے سمجھا وہ یہ کہ زندگی کی مشکلات اور اجتماعی طور پہ جو بے راہ روی اور جو فساد نظر آتا ہے وہ انسانوں کا اپنا کیا دھرا ہے یا اللہ رب العزت کے احکامات سے روگردانی کا نتیجہ ہے کہ ہم نے اپنے آپ کو اور زندگی کو نہ سمجھتے ہوئے اپنی خواہشات کے بل پہ اس زندگی کو گزارنے کی کوشش کی انسانیت نے اور دوسرے انسانوں کے لیے مشکل پیدا کر دی اور پھر اس کی اگلی آیت ہے کہ اللہ تعالیٰ حکم دیتا ہے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کے ذریعے سے کہ چل پھر کر دیکھو اور ابزرو کرو اور لوگوں کے انجام کو دیکھو اور ان کے برے جو انجام ہیں وہ اس وجہ سے ہیں کہ انہوں نے اللہ کے ساتھ شرک کیا یعنی اس کی پاور کے ساتھ دوسری پاورز کو برتر رکھا جس کی وجہ سے انسان اس انجام سے دوچار ہوا اسی میں شیخ نے جو ہمیں یہ بھی بتایا کہ جو انسان کے زندگی بھر کے معاملات ہیں جو اس کے ڈسیزنس ہیں جو اس کے نتائج ہیں وہ اگر 
اللہ رب العزت کی خوشنودی پہ مبنی ہوں تو ہمارے جتنے بھی راستے ہیں وہ درست راستے ہوا کرتے ہیں شیخ دس از بریف سمری آف واٹ واز ڈسکسڈ ان اردو اف آئی میڈ اینی مسٹیک سم ویئر لیٹ می نو اینڈ می بی ان فائنل فیو مومنٹس کمپلیمنٹ آن دیٹ پلیز this whole spread of verses remember the verses i said before like a baton race one verse connects on to the other each one runs its course and then passes it on to the next and the next one's completely different has a different thing to offer but in some way they're complementing so this one of the things about the quran is that you know to have a relationship with the quran you have to then you know each verse a good way of doing it would be to think of your in your own words you know think of the mansha the min, think of the the purpose of that verse what's the purpose of that verse you know in the, in the way that it is for you mm. that's part of reflection because you know if you give a child some homework and they're asked to reconstruct something or write something a sentence or a paragraph they find it very difficult to be honest if you ever you know, tutor mm. a child you will know that they will not know how to do it you give them you give them three four five times once they know what they're doing mm. then they see it was a purpose to it and then obviously it becomes like second nature so they can do it without thinking And so most people when they recite they recite the Arabic they may even look at the English or the Urdu or the translation if they're Arabs they'll look at the, the, the short tafsir or you know explanations of words they don't know about but nevertheless they'll just come away with what I would call like a, a kind of um, a word by word meaning or even just a general meaning of the verse itself you know mm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of um, distant sense not in the sense of okay what is this verse why is it been placed in this place why is the quran put this verse here for what benefit like what's the take home message what's the takeaway benefit that i get from this verse so what we saw today inshallah was that the fact that when allah talks about the you know corruption appearing on the on the on the earth and the oceans because of what people have done uh, that the whole point is not to tell you all oh, the ocean and the environment is going to pop oh my goodness it's a, it's a prophecy mashallah the quran prophesies no it's there essentially to do something much deeper which is allah allows you to re- use your own choice and uh, your own choice and volition for you to make the mistakes and then experience the pain of the mistakes so that then you go back to where you should have been to seek guidance where you didn't seek it in the in the first place and i said like the child with the parent says okay do what you want let's a child make the mistake get injured or go through financial difficulty or whatever the child comes back and says oh what was that advice you were supposed to give me mm-hmm. you know the whole point is the advice you didn't take now the lesson is you have to come all the way back to realize that the source of your happiness would have been the place that you left in the first place and if that's the case with parenting and children and communities and just the way that we live our lives like a, a manager would say the same thing to an employee okay if you think you know better go and do it and then and the manager watches the employee make the mistake and then the employee if they're intelligent will go back and say okay i messed up i'm sorry okay how, how was i supposed to do this do you understand so the quran gives you an example of straight out your own life hmm. like this is experiences we all have all the time and we by second nature understand them and the quran is basically saying look all those mistakes and and destruction you create in your wake when you live your life as an individual families communities civilizations can be rectified and saved if if you just simply go back and seek some guidance where from from the creator like knows the psychological makeup the form of the human being knows what makes them tick has also pre- placed within the people their desires that make them go off the rails as a test and that's what allah then says if that's not enough you know travel into the earth and observe the the result end result of the people before you most hmm. of them you'll see that their decision making was based upon shirk hmm. Hmm. so you know whatever way it says the quran is just saying okay rest my case i've made it very clear things that go wrong are as a basis of the fact you turn your back on god's guidance so it's not like evangelical thing okay you turn back the bible or the quran just like literally it means a source of 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 experience that is beyond you know personal preferences beyond you know 
what we say consequentialism or utilitarianism that it's just all about what happens and getting gaining benefit gaining profit getting ahead in life beyond that there's a, a wider set of priorities that we have and, and mm -hmm. reasons for living and the quran is only saying look the, the quran is is the final revelation of from allah which indicates what those things should be akhri ashra uh inshallah thodi hi der mein shuru hua chahega is maghrib ki azan ke baad 20 ramzan mubarak glasgow mein aaj iftar ka waqt hai 8 baj ke aur 44 minute 8:44 inshallah kal se hum 7:30 se lekar ke iftar ke waqt tak dobara aapki khidmat mein hazir honge tab tak ke liye ijazat assalam alaikum wa rahmatullah wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah हम रहे मेरा सर तेरी दहलीज पर है यही इल्तजा ए खुदा ए खुदा ये जमीन ये फलक इनसे आगे तलक जितनी दुनिया है सब में तेरी झलक सबसे लेकिन जुदा ए खुदा